I've got you now, mice. You'll never escape the jaws of death. And now stay tuned for our commercial sponsor. Hey, everyone. You know, we've been having a lot of fun recently, but I wanted to tell you that the mice couldn't do all those awesome tricks without a balanced nutrition. And that's why I'm here. Cartoncast brand eggs give them the fuel they need to save the world and do sick 360 ollie turbo graphics upside down varial maneuvers. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to these little guys. It's easy to get swept up in the thrill adventure, but it all starts with a balanced breakfast. Rock, ride, refrigerate. Do you think that's good enough? I think it's fine. It's very quick. <laughs> I don't know if I should have dragged that out, but I really didn't know how to. We we have a lot to talk about, so I'm, yeah, we gotta I'm get started. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we are we are behind. We gotta <laughs> we gotta kick it into overdrive. <laughs> yeah, something something about baseball. <laughs> um, yeah. So, hello everyone. Welcome to the Carton Cast. My name is Ben. And my name is Zane. And here at the Carton Cast, we're just we're just a couple of man mice whom talk about old cartoons um, and see what we think of them as adults. The Carton Cast. We're the baddest mamajamas this side of Pluto. Mamajamas. That is a thing that he said. <laughs> he said that all the time. Yeah, that's that's really special. This is a What's very the, special show. <laughs> what is the etymology of mamajama? I gotta look this up now. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll you, you you introduce us. Yeah, uh, we can. Uh, I'll introduce what we're talking about. We are talking about biker mice from Mars. Um, this aired in 1993 and was revived recently in 2006. Uh, it was created by this guy named Rick Unger, who <laughs> Ungar Ungar. <laughs> Who was, uh, in addition to a uh, Donkey Kong rideable animal companion, uh, was also the president of Marvel Production Ltd., yeah. which was yeah. a subsidiary of Marvel Ent- Entertainment Group. And he he was the guy who also relaunched the series in uh, 2006. Didn't they also like have all the same voice actors? Yeah, they kept the same people. That's so crazy! Like, <laughs> like I went through the voice acting list. Later. In in like uh in like Wikipedia and like I went through all the characters and it's like one voice actor one voice actor one voice actor and then it got to the to the girl Charlie and it's like two voice actors one for 2006 one for 19 wait does that mean that all these other mice were just the same voice actors 13 <laughs> years later they were and they sound good yeah dude I didn't actually look at the 2006 version uh, I watched a couple ex- episodes by accident I mean one of them's Ron Paulson <laughs> did you really um, one of them's Rob Paulson. So, I mean, that's all he does. Um, yeah, and Marvel Production LTD did stuff like G.I. Joe, uh, the My Little Pony movies, Transformers movies, like all of these, you know, corporate chill franchise to sell toy sort of lines and uh, how they're related to children's entertainment at the time. Uh, I did accidentally watch a couple episodes from the 2006 version. Yeah, how version. did that happen? 
Um, I just typed in biker mice from Mars, and I it was the first thing. And it, it, it actually surely, took me a little bit of time to find the original. Surely everyone in our generation understands the that that biker mice from Mars had uh, was created in the '90s and then had a revival. Like that's just common knowledge, correct? Yeah, in in the sense that you know. It's completely not true. Zane and I had no conception of this show before it was, like, suggested to me. So, <laughs> this is, yeah, it's, like, the, I don't know. It's, it's nice being on this end of it where you're the one who didn't research it well enough to watch the right show. <laughs> I got it eventually. Yeah, and, okay. but But when I watched it, I was like, wow, like, this show actually has pretty impressive animation for its time because, like, they're, like, they look pretty much the same. Um, okay. But they also had like impressive CGI sort of stuff for um, <laughs> for all the machines. So Man, you see this move weird, over, Doug. So you see this Biker weird mix. Parts are really breaking out of their shell. And they had those like um, remember in Samurai Jack where you get like the split screen and different action stuff in each. They had that too. It was that that's not a that's not a tech thing. That's just a style thing that people didn't right. realize was excellent until yeah. like ten years down the road after Samurai Jack figured it out. Exactly. Um, and they did like a lot with reflections and, you know, cause some of them have metal faces and you can see people's reflection in those. So it, oh, it was very I can't impressive wait for us to talk about their injuries, but I'm pretty sure the 2006 version is canonical. It's basically, it is. It's a after different story arc. After they've returned to Mars, they go back to earth for reasons. I, was, I wasn't aware that they returned. They probably just like needed a tune up <laughs> Charlie's, you know? Um, so Vinny could hit on her again in a way they, that a whole audience and everybody watching is totally cool with. <laughs> I mean, they are muscly mice. <laughs> we will we will talk yeah, about we, we, that. We're getting ahead of ourselves. So, like you said, um, it did air in 1993 and was revived in 2006, created by this one guy named Rick Unger, who was the president of Marvel Production Ltd. Yeah, you, you mentioned that. Um, yeah. Um, and he... he he was the same guy who relaunched the series, but nowadays, do you know what he's doing? He he has an incredibly storied history. Like I, I don't, I didn't write all of it down, but it's it's crazy. He's a, a senior political contributor to Forbes. That's what it was. Yeah, I and remember he's reading the, that. And he's the co-host of a politics show called um, Steel and Ungar, which is, oh my god, it's so metal. It, it, it sounds like a. <laughs> Sound, it sounds like an evil, evil corporation. It's like Limburger uh, Industries. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that there was this one uh, teacher I had one time, or not a teacher, he was like a guest speaker who came in to talk about bio. I might have talked about this on the podcast before. Um, it was in my bio class, and he came in. I think this guy's name is Marvin Druger. Uh, he's the one whose voice we would listen to because we didn't actually have a bio teacher. We just had like those speak and spell sort of read along with the book things, and that was our bio class. I kind of tuned out after you said Druger, and I'm just sort of building something in my head. <laughs> All right. Well, he's clearly a vampire in your head, so let's continue with that. Yeah, but with um, like metal panels. <laughs> I don't know what that means. The um the thing is, he came in one time, and we expected him to talk about bio stuff, and he was just there to pimp his children's poetry book. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, when I hear a person having such a, like, widely, like, a widely varying, like, CV, I'm always very impressed and heartened that I don't have to, like, define myself by one pursuit. Uh, that reminds me of, um, I have a friend who had to take a science requirement in uh, in college, and he took a course called Paradigms of Biological Investigation. 
What? And the professor apparently like worked at NASA and did like techno like making rockets or something. There, there's no way that this this class was any good at all. Well, apparently on the first day, the professor just walks in, like puts his bag down, stares out at everyone in the class, and says, "What is science?" Oh, jeez, that, that's <laughs> quite the opener. If you want, if you want people who want to learn stuff from academics, uh, if you want to endear yourself to them, you just question the entire academic. I mean, that's apparently that's all he sort did. of like a biker mice from Mars mentality to have, you know. <laughs> like, just their whole cool. pursuit, the whole biker mentality is a little bit noble savage, you know? Mm-hmm, like yeah. getting away from society and just kind of doing your own thing. It's cool to be a rude, crude dude Yeah, on who, Mars. who somehow is the, you know, rebellious coordinator of an entire, of an entire resistance. <laughs> it doesn't mesh too well. Sure. <laughs> Which is why it's good that we're paying attention to the series, like years down the line after their rebellion has undoubtedly failed because they were partying all the time instead of actually rebelling. Right. And, uh, you know, the shows, both shows take place on Earth with, you know... So in the first season, they fight uh, the Plutarchians. Yeah. Which I always misspell because I'm thinking of the Philosopher. Oh. (laughs) Um, And then in the remake, they're fighting... The Catonians? They're fighting cats. There's like general, general cataclysm, and uh, and instead of fighting <laughs> Lawrence fighting Limburger, who is crossover. Uh, <laughs> instead of fighting uh, Lawrence Limburger, who's the main villain of the original series, they're fighting. Um, there's this like rich fat guy on Earth who's named Ronaldo Rump, which you know. <laughs> I, I actually really liked Limburger. Limburger's not bad. He's... And, and specifically. What I liked about Limburger was his lackey, Carbuncle. <laughs> Carbuncle. We'll get into all of the ridiculous... Carbuncle is absolutely incredible, but okay. Um... I like his other henchman, the guy who's just dripping with oil. Grease Pit? Grease Pit is ridiculous. <laughs> Why? He sweats oil or something. He does. He's never without it. It's like a, it's like a pig in a mud bath. He just He lacks the ability to sweat on his own. All right. Well, we've thrown out uh, bits of cheese... For the audience, let's connect these dots. <laughs> what? Tell us. <laughs> that, that was meta. <laughs> <laughs> One um, time I think I used the phrase, let's paint a parallel. And uh, I realized you got to watch out for your metaphors. <laughs> watch out for falling metaphors. Kids, every day someone gets hurt by a bad metaphor. It's you guys. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> All right. Um... Yeah, but uh, I, I did want to say a little bit more about the production. Sure. Um, I, I mentioned that it's uh, that Marvel production LTD is one of the wingmen for like the Marvel Empire, mm-hmm. and it and it was focused on animated works to help bolster sales. So it's like He Man or Power Rangers and stuff. Sure. Um, which and it's also distributed by Sabin, just like Power Rangers. Nice. So, so this is definitely contemporaneous with. Uh, I'm going to be thinking about He-Man a lot. I was thinking about He-Man a lot while I was watching this, and I just couldn't get over how it's sort of the same show, but just made a lot better because of the five years. Oh, see, I thought I I kept on thinking of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Do you need it? it okay, we like, should probably talk about that. They even maybe like, right there's now. There's even a line where somebody's like surprised that they're there, and he. And somebody says, like, mice, and one of the mice says, like, what, you were expecting turtles? Yeah, yeah, it's, like, clearly a reference to that. Yeah. 
uh, we we should come back to that in tone and genre because it it bears some it it bears some philosophizing. Um, but you were saying about the uh, production, anything? Just, else? just that it was distributed by Sab, and so we're we're looking at another thing that's pretty pretty well defined by its marketing group um, and its targeted audience. Yeah, that, yeah, that's all I wanted to. That's all I wanted to mention is that it's defined by its marketing group and uh, it's sort of mar- and it's sort of marketed toward these uh, young boys whom of course. it's it's sort of the rocket power crowd. Um, it, it is, and like it's young boys who are insecure and want to have washboard abs when they grow up. <laughs> oh man, dude, I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to start. But let's we're getting down too many tracks because this show is so amazing in so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> let's 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 break it down. Let's go point by point. Start off with the plot. Okay. So the bikers mice, the biker mice's homeworld. <laughs> the bikers mice. The bikers mice. Uh, their homeworld was overtaken by the Plutarchians in an effort to mine their resources for themselves. Do you remember that one episode of Invader Zim where that alien comes by and just wraps these huge metal shells around planets to throw it into their sun? Jeez, no. That's what it reminded me of. Like, just, like, the cannibalizing of other entire planetary systems of life uh, in order to keep theirs going. Yeah, for me, it was more like Independence Day, because that was also, like, we're going to come in and take your resources. Was it about resources? I in that think one? so. Uh, like, uh, what's interesting about Independence uh, Hold on, let me, let me go through it in my even, head. I don't even really remember why exactly they were invading. Something, something, welcome to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> something something Finn. upload the virus upload the virus give it a cold <laughs> it must go faster do you say finn like it's a like an art like a really artsy yeah <laughs> <laughs> welcome to earth finn <laughs> um it's it's spelled earth right and erf i have no idea it has to be um but the plutarchians are like fish people who i guess are the natural enemy of mice fish people who are named after cheeses and they wear I human didn't flesh. Quite understand. Yeah, like they're like uh, <laughs> they're like that one trucker from Men in Black, right? Like yeah. he's a Plutarchian. Was right? Will Smith in the show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. He goes by Vinny in this one. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, so the Plutarchians have mined out the mice's homeworld, and there was a rebellion headed by our three main characters. Uh, whom we'll get into very shortly. And although the rebel leaders engaged them and fought back, they were eventually run off world where they took refuge on a nearby planet Earth. Right. And now the Plutarchians are interested in Earth to take its resources and they've set up shop in downtown Chicago. Yep. And and are on For like, some reason. No, it's it's so great because that's just <laughs> like it they they set up there randomly. And then the main villain is like, I'm not continuing to the rest of the Earth until I get Chicago. <laughs> it's yeah. a point of pride. <laughs> he could literally go to any other city. The mice aren't gonna move. Aren't gonna follow him. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's the whole he's, plot. He's like, let's see, Washington, Beijing. Man, I need some deep dish. Let's <laughs> let's head on out to yeah, Illinois. Yeah, it's canon. Like that, that. That fits. Um. Yeah, and so the biker mice meet up with this mechanic, who uh, Charlie, who mm-hmm. helps them out and sort of... April O'Neil. Yeah, kind of helps them get used to this Earth culture, which they're actually pretty familiar with already. They're, no, they're the most American <laughs> organisms on the planet. 
they 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 love hot dogs they bleed eagles they show up the first day and like ride into a baseball game <laughs> and everyone just like immediately acknowledges their superiority by like giving them hot dogs and and sodas and stuff yeah um and they just instinctually know that hot dogs are great and and they also know a lot of other like pop culture references do they really uh they reference james bond sometimes i think i wrote down a couple other ones uh, there's a crossover with uh with mib in that the in that um in that sean connery was also a uh a martian um oh so i've i've looked up um I looked up the etymology of Mamma Jamma. Oh, good. <laughs> I was wondering when we get that FedEx back. Um, so the first recorded instance, apparently, is in a 1982 album, She's a Bad Mamma Jamma, parentheses, She's Built, comma, She's Stacked, and parentheses, with a B-side, This Feeling's Rated Extra. Um, and it is a single by a man named Carl Carlton. That that's probably not true. Like I think you may, might have not read the, this. Is like not a good website. Whatever you picked up, Wikipedia. Yeah, no, th- there's no way that's true. But <laughs> you got to go back to the literature, man. Come on. Anyway, uh, repeat that's, your experiment. Saying that's the basic plot. Yeah, um, and it doesn't take itself too seriously. Like they're leaders. It, of it a, doesn't of take a itself seriously at all, Zane. They're leaders of a rebellion, but really they're just hanging around Earth and like. There's no other these... mites. There's they're no other mites that I can very see. Very micro scale. They never for this interplanetary thing. Yeah, it's very focused. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, given the scope of the plot, which is planetary conquest, it's like it's just people like kind of. I don't know. It's it's not even planetary conquest that Limburger goes after. It's just like little eco terrorism bouts, like in the manner of Captain Planet villains. <laughs> Yeah. So th- there's this weird disconnect with the scope of the plot and the actual and the actual plot, um, mm-hmm. which I didn't mind because the show is called Biker Mice from Mars. Yeah, right. You know what you're getting into. Yeah, like if, if going <laughs> into this and they're you're mice like relaxing and they're bikers. half of your brain, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> they're from Mars. Yeah. There's biker mice and these are them. <laughs> to phrase it very poorly no that was the best way to phrase it. that's how benny would say it um yeah, yeah. let's talk about these characters because yeah let, let let's do <laughs> they're so, the right mix of generic and over the top oh my god no they're not generic at all they're way more like textured than i expected um maybe just in contrast to each other because the main three uh the, the biker mice the biker mice <laughs> from Mars. <laughs> from Mars, they're from Mars. I don't know if we mentioned that. They uh, there's three of them. There's three rebel leaders. One for each. I don't know demographic. <laughs> uh, you got you got your leader and your big cool guy. And I wasn't aware that they were. One of them was a leader, and one of them was like the vice president, and like one of them was like a bouncer or something. I thought they were all just three independent leaders. Yeah, um, like one of them's in charge of logistics. One of them's got military like training locked down and the third one is like an i don't know they each handle scenarios differently but they coordinate as one unit but if if any of them like gets split up they're pretty there's autonomous only, there's only one thing you can there's only three things you can count on in this world okay is it it's uh, your brains your brains your bros and your bike, and your bike. <laughs> kind of sums up the whole show except that like you really can't depend on your brains for this show 
Like just just focus on the bros and their bikes, and you'll you'll be okay. But uh, to to talk about the characters independently, you got uh, <laughs> you got my favorite character, perhaps uh, Vinny Van Wham. <laughs> <laughs> is that really his name yeah he's the white one with the uh with the dbc half... scouter melted onto his face yeah he's got half a metal face um, he's got he's got a case of metal face and he is voiced by ian Ziering, who's known for roles in uh, beverly hills 90210 and sharknado, sharknado. <laughs> and great. sharknado 2 uh, and sharknado 3 wait, 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 wait what were the names of sharknado 2 and 3 Sharknado Shark 2, the second one. <laughs> Wait, it gets better. And Sharknado 3. Oh, hell no. <laughs> I didn't know that. I saw that and I'm like, this is the only thing that I'm going to bring to the table for Breaker My Stars. <laughs> but oh, yeah, God. and his, <laughs> oh, and his character is amazing. Yeah. He, he, his voice sounds a little bit like Robin from Teen Titans, actually. Yeah. I thought, um, but which is he... a great voice. He alternates in roles between uh, sort of this comic relief in a self-aggrandizing way and the thrill seeker. So he's, you know, gets into this trouble and, like, if he's around the other two, he's kind of, like, picked on as the as the runt. But when he's by himself, he's just, like, he's kicking it as far as it goes. Well, they make fun of him because they're scared out of their minds of him. Because, like, he's an <laughs> absolutely unapologetic wild card of a character and he he's seeks like, out danger like it's his job. Like, even the other guys think that he's nuts. Yeah, he he's like, oh, man, suicide mission. Oh, you oh, saw that one, too? <laughs> uh, there were a lot of them. He's like, oh, man, I got to get arrested. We got to go into prison, guys. <laughs> there was Vin- one Vinny episode my, my where um, Throttle and Moto got captured and fell into a pit. And it was basically, they were basically reduced to slave labor. And he had to go in and, and like, fish him out. It was basically the plot of Mad Max. Yeah, I was gonna say like, there's no way you do this. That's not a like a diehard break in through the vents. Like, just do the man. Like, the right course of action is the manliest course of action. Yeah, for him. <laughs> yeah, there, so, there's no subtlety to any of his actions. But like, I love this idea that, that he knows his bros are down in the pit. There's like a hundred bad guys who are really tough, um, who have captured them, and he's like, okay, but what if our side had just like one more guy? <laughs> <laughs> you can kind of see him being like hey guys this isn't fair go and get 50 of your friends and then we'll, then we'll talk <laughs> yeah he's my he's my favorite uh he's in part great. because he blatantly hits on a human ass girl <laughs> to no success to no success but she doesn't she doesn't seem to mind his flirtations like she doesn't like tell him off precisely so he keeps mm-hmm. doing it yeah, she could be a little more, like, there, oh, times... I'm trying to phrase this in a way that's not making me feel like a frat bro. Um, no, there's he... times at which I want to be this person. Oh, yeah? Like, his life just is so easy to go through. Let me explain a scene that took place. And this this sort of <laughs> explains Vinny and also explains, like, the way the show is paced and handles things. Okay. So, the mice are in a bind. Doesn't matter what. They, they were way behind. And they were willing to make a deal. Mm-hmm, with the Devil of Mars uh, from that one game, uh, Motherload. Yeah. Remember that? Were you, when you were had you to dig? fight Satan? Yeah, that was weird. But you're like a little Robo-Satan? You're Maybe, a little that... robot and you fight Robo-Satan in yeah. a pit. Was that Biker Mice from Mars spinoff? Man, the early 2000 like games on websites 
were a real mixed bag. Yeah, you either had something which barely played and was just piggybacking off an established franchise, like any of those do-it-yourself, like, Sonic mm-hmm. things, or you had something incredibly imaginative, like Motherload, which yeah. I kind of have played on and off over the years. Like, I'm pretty sure I've played it within the last year. It's just nice. good. It's just good, good. Um... But anyway, this uh, in the situation, Throttle's like, Vinny, maneuver 22. And Vinny's like, nah, man, 21. Tw- 21 for sure. And I was like, no, <laughs> like, just do do maneuver 22. God Vin- damn it, Vinny. <laughs> and Vinny's just like, yeah, whatever. And he likes to stick a dynamite and throws it. Oh, my but, God, maneuver 22. But the dynamite like doesn't favorite. explode. Just the fuse cuts through a rope. What? <laughs> like, he uses the fuse of dynamite to cut through another fuse or something. I want to know what Maneuver 21 was. <laughs> yeah. What was he planning? I don't know. If that was the reasonable course of action. Um, but yeah. And, this, and that's all there is to his character. But I really like... Great. Like, he's he's as distilled a character as you can get in this show. Mm-hmm. Like, all, of, all the biker mice, to a certain degree, are, you know, live and, live and let live, free spirits. We love We love hot dogs, and we love our bikes, and... We're not worried about like we we're we're spending all our downtime resting at a beach or polishing up our hogs, <laughs> and he he's the most distilled version of that. Like and it'd be weird the, to see any of them going to school. It makes no the, sense. <laughs> and the other two, like all three of them, were in an accident, and that's why they all have like different um, like parts of them are gone and needed to be replaced. I assume that uh, that uh, Vinny had his accident before the actual rebellion. Like he just tripped. Yeah, like no, he was just like like playing, like juggling scissors or something. Well, the the thing is, the other two, you can sort of see like, oh, they're battle scarred. They've they've you know felt lost. They felt trauma. And Vinny's yeah. just like, yeah, half of my face is gone. Whatever. <laughs> the other half's good for smooching, Charlie. Yeah. Also, uh, just you're not going to be looking that high because this, <laughs> this mice is ridiculously beefy. Yeah, I was thinking of Vinny as like the runt, and then I look at him like, no, he's still got six pack abs, like massive pack. Bleeding into eight pack, even like <laughs> yeah, there was some guy, eight pack territory. I, I want to talk about exactly how the bike mice. Look. Yeah, like <laughs> why? Like why mice? If you're just gonna be like this. Like, this race, like, I guess it's just because it sounded funny in a title. Yeah. Like, there's there's I... no reason for them to be mice and then also be ridiculously beefy humanoids. Like, like from a from a Darwinian perspective, there's no there... reason for it to be like that. They're also, that's a great point. They're all, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, they're... bring Darwin into this, why not? I, I think it must have been genetic mutation or something. I, I don't know. I think some scientist on Earth kind of, kind of fucked the dog on that one. It's like, all right, we're, we're going to create a race of supermen, but we need to temper it with domestic attributes from mice. Uh, I don't really want to do this on Earth, so let's pull a... Uh, they got the balance one? wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I didn't get the also, percentages Also, since they're right. aliens, they have antenna. Yep. Antenna, <laughs> just, just, like, just like Martians do. <laughs> yep. Good stuff. The, I, I think just the, like morphology of the biker mice is why this show is so fantastic yeah like you look at one and you're just like okay i can i can i can lay back in my lazy boy put my hands behind my head and just drink 
And they they have um you know they all have those tails which they can use as like whips. <laughs> I didn't actually see them using their tails at all. I saw it a couple times. Mm. Well, let's talk about the other two characters so we don't get too mired into yeah into the morphology um, of of biker mice from Mars. Moto is the uh, strong the black silent. one. <laughs> yes, you know he's, he's the black one. I know he's the black one. <laughs> he reminds me of that black police officer in Jumanji. Oh yeah, because he loves his bike like even more than the other two. My car. Can you cut yeah. that in? <laughs> oh my car! <laughs> um, that's that's what I was thinking when I saw him fawning over his bike. It's like, didn't this happen with Robin Williams? What uh, oh what I really liked um, is that these three mice actually are the colors that most mice are. You've got your white, your brown, and your black mice. Yeah. As, as a person who has worked with mice and and removed some of their heads, that is. Mm-hmm. Those are the main colors you see, although... And let's, just, did, let's not even remark on that in any greater degree, because you and did, I both know this context behind <laughs> that, but no one else needs to. Did Did Vinny have, like, uh, uh, red eyes? Because the albino ones have very red, very scary eyes. Uh, it would First of all, it would be red eye, because half of his face is a phantom of the opera masked up. But when you think about it, that one is probably fueled by lasers and is also red. I know that Moto's eyes <laughs> turn red when he's angry. Either yeah, like about somebody calls him a rat. Or his bikes. Not really his brains, because he's um, the black yeah. police officer from Jumanji. And he had, you know, his sort of battle scar is he has an eye patch and also a cyborg arm. Yeah, which, which is, is so minimalist as to be ridiculous. Yeah, it's just like, okay. It's, it's, it's just it's, clamps from Futurama. <laughs> it's an arm. It just looks like an arm, except a little flatter and gray. It, it reminded me of clamps from Futurama. Like, it can't really pick stuff up too good it doesn't look like <laughs> or like uh or like in star wars when they're doing like rehab on luke's arm before mm-hmm. he gets like everything screwed back in and they're just like testing the nerve capacity of it but then mm-hmm. if they just drop the tools and been like fuck it it's fine like that's moto's arm do do limbs grow back in the star wars universe uh what are you talking about no, I, 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 for some where, what on, was that? Uni- depends what on was the that universe. There was some something that I saw where somebody got like a limb cut off, and Dragon like, Ball. it'll grow back. Dragon Ball. That was Dragon Ball. Yeah, that was absolutely. Piccolo. No, I, it might not he, even. He been like Piccolo. focuses and then it. just goes <laughs> and then, <laughs> arm all at once. Which brings to mind some troubling issues about mass conservation, but let's let's focus on biker mice for now. He's got to eat a lot afterwards. We really do have to do DBZ at some point because there's uh, so much to say. Um, yeah, so that's that's Moto, and he's for the most part he's cool. He um he also liked Earth culture. Like, there's this one episode where he just wants to be James Bond. Well, there's this shared mentality among all three where they love Earth culture and they're a little bit hot-headed. Really, mm-hmm. Vinny, Throttle, and Moto are sort of the variations on that formula. Vinny That's true. is, you know, really, really far in that one direction where he's just flying by the seat of his pants. Moto is a little bit more considered, but he can also kind of Hulk rage out. And then there's Throttle. And Throttle is voiced by Rob our, Paulson. Our friend Rob uh, Paulson. So and- happy to see you again. You're just in town for a couple of days, right? He, he, <laughs> yeah, he's, like, he's not going to stay very long, right, Ben? <laughs> it's uh, it's funny because like you can really see Yakko Warner, or you can really <laughs> hear it in his voice. Um, yeah, but it's like after he's gone to war. No, it's like stoned Yakko Warner, Warner, <laughs> and he's like chill enough as to be uh, Craig from Pepper Ann. <laughs> like, yeah, 
like that that's his speech pattern is just really lazy and calm mm-hmm. but and, you're um, right also like battle hardened you can hear the gravity of it especially in the remake um because it's the same voice actors but he's really stepped up his game by that point again like it's not about being war scarred it's just about being cool archetypes yeah, and he's this, you know, he's the strong leader who's as cool as he is noble and noble as he is smart, etc. Like <laughs> Yeah, he's the he's, one who's he's got it all ace. together. Yeah. He's the ace, but he still needs his bros. No, yeah, he's he's absolutely uh the the brains behind everything. And he has some sort of eye problem, so he wears sunglasses, and I think he hurt his hands, so he wears this battle glove that says nuke nux. <laughs> on it <laughs> it is so bad uh that there's really nothing else to say about these three characters the mice are the mice are the mice yeah like you have to see it to believe it and they really are ostensibly like one character because the big thing about the show um one of the big aspects is that you can depend on your bros yeah um teamwork man yeah and rock and, rock and ride just kind of it it's kind of heartening to see like guys who are so like er, brawny and you know we like cool stuff and motocross and you know all that jazz and they don't like have a hard time expressing their feelings for each other at all yeah no they're they're very comfortable yeah no they, they like it's the sort of communitat like a uh, camaraderie uh communitatis sort of thing that you get in what i assume like a biker group we're like fuck the rest of the world we're we're part of our own class yeah. of people like they kind of only have each other exactly like it's the it's the war bond as well like 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 this is the strongest bond i can imagine between two folk <laughs> and what i being what biker I like, war heroes what i like is that they avoided the common trap you know how in a lot of shows they're like oh i hate you my brother or i hate you my friend or something and they go off and then they get yeah, into trouble we learn and the value of friendship like, they know yeah. the value of friendship at the outset yeah. and they, they wouldn't survive this kick long this guy's ass. <laughs> yeah. exactly there's no other reason that they would have survived this long uh, like it like this show just cuts through so much of the bullshit that you get in in other series of this vintage uh mm-hmm. especially one gets right from, to like, the action disney where you have to have a moral at the end this one's just so it's just Ah oh, man, I don't know. L- let's stop giving effusive praise for a minute. We can get into it later. Let's yeah, talk about so a few of the other characters. Right. So, um, Charlie. Yeah. Um, is Gre- there Grease Monkey Cheesecake? Of... Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. She tunes up their bikes and uh, and occasionally you know, dresses she... up in a swimsuit. And she's you know competent fighter, but she's not you know superhuman, not quite human in two different ways, not human. Kind of no, person. she's, she's just... the cleric. She's home base. Yeah, home base. She's Oracle. I mean, not mm-hmm. quite, but like they go on missions and she fixes their gear. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, and they yeah. what's what's nice is that she's not totally functionary. Is that they're they're sort of a bantery relationship between all three of the mice and her, mm-hmm. and it's more respectful between the other two and her. It's a little bit more jovial with Moto and her. And then with Vinny's case, it's just like this flagrant sexual tension from one side. And it's, by one, it's a bit of... Actually, the one side is really two sides because she... I don't know. She keeps coming back for more punishment, right? It's a bit of a love triangle. I think I think the... What, between show, her, like... Vinny, and Moto's bike? Yeah, they... I think the producers wanted to be like eh, we have to have some sort of like love angle or whatever because this is a you know teenage boys power fantasy 
but it'd be too weird to actually show, you know, this sort of cross piece. That actually, um, I was looking online. Did you know there's a um, Biker Mice from Mars erotic fan fiction that is, uh, over a, that is over a million words long? I mean, it's implied, right? <laughs> like, that's like, incredible. That's... Yeah, I think you would actually have a hard time capturing the biker mentality without having a little bit of misogyny in there, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't to say that bikers are inherently misogynist. It's just that's how it's covered in pop culture. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's and, part of this whole and, you know, super masculine, eight years old boys are going to, you know, oh, recognize. Huh? Yeah, they're eating it up. Yeah, they, they, would, they would love the misogyny. They, they eat that cheesecake up. Um but I do like that she is not like April O'Neil. I feel like was a little bit too transparently just the woman of the group. Mm-hmm. Charlie at least has a function. Her name is uh, a pun as well. Is Charlie Davidson? Oh, uh, that's that's funny. <laughs> kind of cute. But uh, yeah, I, li- I like her a lot. There, there's another character which factors into their involvement as well, which is uh, the mice's bikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whom, I don't know if you watched anything where, where the bikes are just on their own. They're empathic machines somehow. Yeah, they can move on their own. They know how to find the you know each other. They can just... It's not just they kind of programming, don't need though. The like, they, have the, they have the program. Like It's not just programming. Like They have personalities reminiscent of the biker mice. Like, yeah, it's at like point, they're riding intelligent dogs. It really is. At one point, they... Uh, uh, at one point, Moto's bike gets captured by Limburger... And Limburger tries to, like, tame him by playing polka music, but it just makes the thing freak <laughs> out and, like, start shooting shit. That's a weird plan. I know. <laughs> uh, mm. Which brings us to Limburger, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think we can just talk about Limburger and Carbuncle in kind of the same breath. Yeah, they're they're evil. They're evil, but, like, they also have a very... Like, you know how you were trying to find a relationship between Skeletor and Beastman? And it mm-hmm. turned out to be really strange. Right. This one is actually, it's giving, like, we're given enough screen time to Limburger to really get the texture of that relationship. Oh, yeah? I, I didn't see it as much. Yeah, whenever they're talking, um, first of all, Carbuncle always is like every mm. evil scientist from an 80s movie. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's got, like, this huge cranium with, like, evil spy goggles on, and he's always hunched over, like, a like some chemicals he looks like a meth addict that they put in a lab coat. <laughs> yeah a little bit <laughs> um and he absolutely worships the ground that Limburger walks on oh yeah <laughs> like it's not this sort of well you know it's sort of mutual revulsion but respect relationship no Limburger is the head honcho um and carbuncle just absolutely adores him he always mm-hmm. like greets him with this really lazy cheese related adjective like yes my smelliness or yes my 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 uh i don't know my my melty my melty lord it's it's always one of those garbage things yeah there's a lot of cheese puns and and mouse puns in this show like they don't stop for it at all so you just kind of you just (laughs) kind of pick up that limburger is like like he's this warlord right of course he commands the respect of his inferiors like that's that's um, the idea, yeah. And whatever whatever mental uh, mental efficiency the Plutarchians lack, they definitely have like filial loyalty down. 
Now, is is Carbuncle also a, a Plutarchian? I assume so. Like, he doesn't and, look like a real, real-ass guy. And what about, um... Like, there's, there's two... There's three P- types Petra? of people in this in this world, Zane. Okay? Uh-huh. There's mice, there's Plutarchians, and there is Charlie. Like, if, <laughs> if you don't have... If you don't have... Uh, if you've got a guy, if you've got an ostensibly male human in this show, it's a Plutarchian in disguise. Because no, if he I'll was really, that. you know, if he was really manly, why wouldn't he be a biker mouse? Good point. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I assume I, Grease Pit uh, is also a Plutarchian. Like, actually, he's probably just Grease like Pit. muscle. Yeah, <laughs> Grease Pit is constantly incredible. covered in oil for no reason. He's the worst. Like, <laughs> like I could see him being like glandular. Like, is he sweating it? <laughs> I don't know. Like, okay, so Grease Pit is this henchman of Limburger. He's, yeah, he's your classic big dumb guy. Yeah, he's, 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 uh, he's, a. Uh, it's not Bulk and Skull or Philo and Otis. What am I trying to think of? Um, uh, in, in Power Rangers, you had Squat, Squat and Babu. Yeah. He's them. <laughs> but just, like, gibbering to himself instead of arguing. Because mm-hmm. he's the dumbest man imaginable. It, I really <laughs> most, love him, though. Yeah. They they make it work. And, you know, we've seen the whole, like, oh, dumb guy, he doesn't know how to count to, you know, 10 thing before. Um, but they don't dwell on it. They, they you know, keep him for the funny parts, and then he'll sink into the background, and he'll show up, punch something, get hurt, fall down. The most important part of this show is that they don't dwell on anything. No, it keeps moving. Like, the, the most textured and subtle part of the show is the plot, and that is not that subtle. <laughs> like you you already know what you're getting into from the macro plot the macro plot gives you all the information you need to digest any of the further plots yes you, you don't need to wonder if there's like some backstory to limber which made him this way or like if there's a time limit before the fleet shows up or if the biker mice are slowly getting acclimated into human society nope mm-hmm. nope you don't have to worry about if the biker mice are going to get found out because they just straight up show up in front of TV cameras sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like, like there's, just, there's just no need to explain any of it. <laughs> there's no time to explain. <laughs> there's no time to explain any of it. We got we to gotta ride Hog out of here. Yeah. And that's why this show works is because, I don't know, is there like a simple one-sentence explanation we can give for why this show is just, it just works? It's it's a well done expression of an idea. Remember, um, you know, when when we were talking about Kim Possible, it wasn't showing us anything new, but it was showing us a very good expression of it. This is a very good expression of that sort of you know beat up the bad guys, very clear delineation between good and evil action show. Mm-hmm. But it had a very fresh take, and it um, you know the plot lines were the the plots of individual episodes were were pretty compelling. Like, they were fun to see how they played out. Yeah, that's that's true. And in part because you're not expecting a moral at the end. You don't have, like, a crisis between mice. Oh, it's, it's so refreshing by this point. <laughs> and, and it actually reminded me of just, like, straight-up action films. You you never have—the the main character doesn't learn anything in an action film. No, because Bruce Willis knows everything. what he has to get the thing that needs to get done, done. Mm-hmm. That's what Biker Mice from Mars does. It's the TV equivalent of an action film. No yeah. one learns anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. So the, yeah. those are all the characters. Um, well, there, there's one other. Is there? Which is the city of Chicago. 
<laughs> which is apparently being played by like post-apocalyptic Detroit. <laughs> Do you like, want to unwrap that? Every every building is in disrepair, and like you said, the only good guys are the mice. I mean, the the buildings are in disrepair. I think just to sell the image of it's it's just like the misogyny angle is just like bikers ride through disaffected cityscapes. They don't yes. ride through Central Park. They don't right. ride through thriving metropolis. Mm-hmm. They ride through the future Chrono Trigger. Right? Right. The future yeah. statement. Like, Johnny would meet up with these guys. That guy who is like half a motorcycle. Oh, man, that guy was great. Right? And, he was, and they would race him. Do you know why he was so great? It's why? because all he did was show up to race. He's like, oh, these are the <laughs> heroes. They're going to save the planet. If you want to get through here, you got to race me. <laughs> <laughs> that's Uh, keep it simple uh, exactly um i I like uh and that kind of leads into the tone yeah which is um shows of this kind of era of this vintage and of this variety you can really like they're 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 outlined at the get-go with big red x's on the map that is all of the yeah uh, animation from the 90s go down go down your checklist if you like one episode you'll like all of them Right, um, and and it doesn't it doesn't try to teach you anything. You don't even there have to delve metaphors. into the episode to know what this is about because it tells you how seriously it's taking the show in the title of the show: biker mm-hmm. mice from Mars. And you can there's so many shows that are like this that are just like we're capitalizing on cool shit. We're throwing a bunch of cool shit in the same <laughs> room and letting it fight itself out. Like nice. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles also worked on this formula. It's like. Mm-hmm. Most kids are going to, like, two or three of these things. So, might it... Mean it four? Shit. Yeah. Like, as long <laughs> as you get two out of four, you're, you're, you're going to be happy, right? Yeah, you got to get that uh, coveted teenage turtle demographic. Kids love turtles. No, like, yeah. I, I don't know, man. Do you not like turtles? They're all right. They're so cool. They have their own armor. That's true. Like um, when a thing is born with its own armor, that that thing is ready for business. Well, it's not. You know, mice at least move fast. They can like scurry. They're the underdog of the oh, animal and, world. And you can put a helmet on them, and they can ride a motorcycle, like like in uh, Stuart Little. If there were turtles in Biker Mice from Mars universe, you can see them being like like shamanic spirits that dwell underneath the Earth's surface. Did they have a crossover? I'm gonna look that up. Oh my! How could they not? It was of the same era, wasn't it? The 90s? Uh, I think were into... Turtles were a little earlier. Okay, so there's more fan fiction. Well, let, let's... Oh, leave... Jesus, there's we... a lot of fan fiction. Zane, rein it in. <laughs> yeah. It's a hashtag. I guess I guess some people weren't satisfied with the simplicity of the plot. They needed to add <laughs> high school drama in there. Um, yeah. Um, but like, like we were saying, you kind of know uh, what to expect. I wanted to... Yeah, and it's not just these shows. Like, there's a like if you have Thundercats, you kind of know what you're getting into. Street yeah. Sharks. There's another example. But with this show, what I found interesting is like they don't vary up the pace of like an action sequence. You know what you're getting. So let me let me run down the general action sequence of this show. Actually, would you mind if I could first uh like I wanted to stick to this whole grab bag of cool thing words and then just make a show out of the gestalt of it yeah go ahead man there is something which i think we've both seen because uh 
a family friend, Richard, has shown it to both of us by this point. Oh, yeah. Which is this... Uh, Turbo, what was it? Super Turbo Atomic Ninja Rabbit. Ninja Rabbit. It's so good. It, it follows the same formula. It just puts a bunch of cool word stuff into the same bag. Um, this is like a posited show that could have existed. Should have existed. Should have existed. Like, they had that evil giraffe. This. Man, that evil giraffe. And it's just, all it is, is like this three-minute intro of this Super Turbo Atomic Ninja Rabbit. and all <laughs> of his fighting robot. It, it's it's all of the all of the various like it, if you haven't seen this and you kind of like what biker mice from mars does which it just throws a bunch of cool shit together seek out this this f- fake intro that somebody yeah. made because it's incredibly well animated mm-hmm. and it's got a super turbo atomic ninja rabbit and then it like should this, exist <laughs> yeah it's so good I, I can't do it justice by explaining it but it's it's very good and it's it capturing that idea of just Sometimes all you need is to throw a bunch of stuff that you like together into one big pot and then just make a make a make a goulash out of it. Yeah, man, that's how merchandise is sold. That's how we do it. Yeah, and it worked in the '90s. That's why so many people did it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I cut you off there. You can go ahead and no, that's okay. Um, I just wanted to kind of explain like. Any given episode, you're going to see this action scene two or three times an episode. It takes about a couple minutes. And basically what happens is bad guys do something evil. Mice show up. The bad guys suffer some casualties. The mice rattle off a series of contextless one-liners. So, like, you know how sometimes in a show they'll, like, make a pun based on a situation? Yeah. These are just these are just action cliches. Yeah. Like every action cliche movie line. It, it's... It's once He-Man, like, <laughs> Lock and load. started watching the Die Hard movies, and he's just like, Let's blow this popsicle oh, stand. Oh! <laughs> like, he just finally understands how to make one-liners correctly? Yeah. This is what, and, this is what happens. And then the bad guys counterattack or put them in a trap. They make a bad pun. The mice blow something up. More one-liners. Repeat. The bad guys escape while looking stupid, and the mice ride off to the sound of electric guitars. Yep. Ride, <laughs> ride free, citizens. Yeah, right. Free citizen is just some weird like line. Yeah, the uh, the, what's neat, what's citizen. nice about uh, those action scenes is that they're always different by virtue of the villains being like techno geniuses, right? Mm-hmm. Like they build a lot of machinery, and when you have just a bunch of machine, you're not you're not fighting Goldar each time, right? No, you're, you're fighting, fighting a the different machines. type of robot thing. You're fighting like an iron foundry where the metal got on the floor and it's hot, and you have to like ride on the chain yeah or like or like a like a huge uh turret boat with this cube trap in it where two of the mice are shoved inside this cube trap and it's slowly getting crushed and you have to have the one uh one one other mouse like navigate the turret boat until he finds the controls Mm -hmm. like you can do a lot with techno genius as you're and this this sounds as brutal as your most violent diehard but the the fact is they don't show blood, mm. um, and there aren't really guns. No, they just show. And explosions. the enemies are sufficiently, and the enemies are sufficiently non-human that they were apparently like, no, yeah, we can show this to kids. Won't warp them at all. Yeah, I think the whole <laughs> them being aliens and muscular ma- mice, and I, I think that's just like enough of a buffer so that we are not empathizing too hard with these characters. Right. To to a certain degree. Yeah, um, I do kind of want to, 
mention one series of one-liners that I really liked. Sure. Their um, one-liners are incredible. And not yeah. in the and not in the cute like baby deer trying to walk sort of way that uh He-Man was. They're just really good. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they do like weird puns like we're who's like we're unanimous about this guys um good no that, that might actually be how that word is works in their language but then they also have these really weird phrasings on common uh, uh lines like somebody says who's gonna make me and then one of the mice says who's gonna make me is my middle name yep <laughs> that, doesn't, doesn't, that doesn't quite work no but it, it fits with Vinny, whom i am assuming is the person who said that Yes, um, but sometimes their one-liners keep going on a theme way past where they should, and and maybe you should just cut this part in, but basically, uh, Limburger's going to melt Chicago down into steel, and he says, <laughs> Naturally. I'm going to make Chicago my very, I'm going to make Chicago my very own deep dish pizza, and then the mice show up and say, one by one, I'd cancel that order. Yeah, because we're here to deliver our own specialty, <laughs> Plutarchian pizza, with extra stink cheese in 30 <laughs> seconds or less. Yeah, and you pay. <laughs> like, it just, it like, just keeps... They just can't quite figure out how to dismount. <laughs> <laughs> the continuation of it is so funny. Like, it's even better if you imagine just a single person saying it one sentence after another, like, <laughs> trying to find person's... the right quip to does end this, on. Does this hypothetical single person have, like, multiple personality disorder? <laughs> Because like it sounds like if it was just one person saying it, it's like this person agreeing with himself. Yeah, and you pay. <laughs> yeah, I, you I really pay. think that their their witty banter. The, the the cool thing about this, and the thing that I like a lot better than He Man, one the one liners are just better, but you also have all three characters doing the witty banter. Sure. So like, it's not just He Man is the only character with any yeah, sort of. They're Criticism, all cool. They all understand what it is to be an action mouse. Mm-hmm. Um, my, one of my favorite ones, or at least one of the ones that I noticed, just to kind of give everyone a, a flavor of the stuff that they say, mm-hmm. uh, the the frequency with which they create these one-liners, is that when I was talking about those two uh, those two guys, uh, those two mice getting like trapped in a box or something, and the box was slowly shrinking. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have been Vinny who said it, but it was. It, it, he said something to the effect of, uh, hey, is it the economy or is housing getting tight around here? <laughs> I'm just like, oh, wow, that's, that's pretty, pretty quick, man. <laughs> light, on your, light on your tongue there. Yeah. Yeah, like, like whenever uh, He-Man did a pun, it was a groaner. And I guess we can talk about music and sound right now because we're talking about the dialogue. Mm-hmm. So um, I think the dialogue is really good in this show just because of that group dynamic. Where they can talk to each other, they're yeah. not just talking to the audience. No, they're riffing on each other. Exactly. Like whenever he I, I would did a love pun, to think that a... some of it's improvised, but I don't have any evidence for that. I mean, it sounds as though the characters are improving it. Like they must have, like they're rebel leaders from a biker gang in Mars. Of course, they have. Yeah. Yeah, they know their genre. Of course, they <laughs> like they went to, <laughs> they went to uh, Clint Eastwood. No, not Clint Eastwood. They went to. Um, uh, Bruce Willis's action movie school of one-liners. They they know how to they know how to come up with a pun fitting the situation, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever he mended a pun, it was a groaner because he didn't understand what made a good pun, uh, and he was just talking right to the audience. But it, yeah, they, they I don't know. But the mice just it's just really great when they're talking. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I don't have anything uh, other else to say than just the group dynamic is good for the dialogue, and good for the. In soul. terms, in terms, of, in terms of the music, uh, the most obvious point is just electric guitars everywhere. Yeah, it's the same. It's 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 rocket power formula, but without ukulele. Sometimes, like they just they know what their market is. It's these teens who like any of the following: bikers, muscular mice, Martians, and. What do, what else do teenage boys like? Probably electric guitars. Like they're again, they're they're shooting to a higher age demographic than they're actually shooting toward because the kids <laughs> yeah. watching it want to feel cool. And you want to grow you, up and be cool, don't you, Timmy? The, the the way you're cool in the '90s is by putting electric guitars and stuff. So, did you have anything to say about the animation? Um, I think I said most of it already. Um, again, I, I you know. Comparing it to the reboot, is it's the most obvious difference. Um, because in the reboot, you know, in the original, it's all this sort of regular animation that we're used to. Um, but in the reboot, you know, you're 30 seconds in and you're hit with the animation of the mice, the CGI of anything mechanical, and then the backgrounds look like MS Paint. <laughs> the, uh, the character models are what really struck me about this mm-hmm. uh, about this animation yeah you got your mice with six-pack abs and antenna yeah like this is like the exact opposite of a he-man formula where when you're trying to sell toys you try to make them as generic looking as possible these are <laughs> so detailed as to not fit anything else like yeah if you're playing with a biker mice from mars toy you're playing with a biker mice from mars toy Mm-hmm. Like this, you can't put this in like a Barbie dream house and have it work. And and I like how distinct they are from each other. Yeah, you know which one's Moto. Obviously, the the black guy from Jumanji. Um, and uh, the uh, like, they have different height, uh, different colors, different, different cybernetics, different cybernetics. Uh, even like whiskery parts are different. I don't know. Do they have whiskers? They just they like. Different facial accoutrements. I mean, it's still a mouse man formula. Like, they still look like mice in the face. I, I think mm-hmm. it's just the accessorizing that differentiates them. New Malibu Moto <laughs> new, accessorize. New, 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 from, uh, new from Bandai. You got a, you got a biker mouse my, eye patch. Three easy payments of nine ninety five, <laughs> Or a box of hot dogs. <laughs> it's uh. interesting how much they like baseball, isn't it? I don't remember it that much. I, I constantly remember them making a bunch of baseball puns. Um, hmm. I think maybe because it's a Chicago thing. But to my mind, baseball has always been a fairly... I don't know. It's American as apple pie. and It's ubiquitous. It is. But it's it's also one of the more tame sports. Like The, the main thing that you think about baseball these days is how boring it is to watch. Well, it's not as... Like, when you think about it, it's not as big as football. They don't talk um, about football, though. But I think, like, I'm, I'm just thinking about why baseball is, like, America's sport. And I think it might just be because it's been popular longer. Yeah, it's just like got if you, more staying power. Like, if you go back 100 years, the most popular sports were baseball, horse racing, and boxing. Yeah, and uh, and hoop and stick. Hoop and stick was big. Yeah. Um, I, mouse I, think, races. I think the band Hoobastank eventually picked up on that success. <laughs> and that was their only success. <laughs> Hoop and stick. Um, they, they, anything they else? also make boxing puns. Did they? Yeah, they were like in the beginning of one episode. They're all lounging at the beach. <laughs> Moto's polishing up his bass, and Vinny is leering at uh, 
I keep on wanting to call her April O'Neil. Uh, Charlie, who is in a in a one piece bathing suit. Why did they bring their bikes to the beach? Because okay, you bring your bikes everywhere, man. <laughs> yeah, because it's one of the only. You wouldn't leave your you dog trust. home alone if you're going to the <laughs> beach. No, you bring him along. He's gonna enjoy <laughs> the bikes. Are gonna enjoy the sun just as much, if not more, than the bi- the, the biker mice. I guess. But uh, one of them says uh, Moto is polishing up his bike, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, you're as pretty as a one-two punch." And then Vinny's like, "Speaking of a knockout," and they all just start leering at uh at Charlie. <laughs> That's kind of weird. It is a little bit weird. I don't hate it. I like the idea that uh, Charlie is fed up with the sissy Earthmen, mm-hmm. and like, you know, in in classic like mechanic chick mentality, you want that. Like, I, I don't know if this is actually true of as a uh, as like a, as a stereotype. As a stereotype, but do do mechanic chicks tend to like beefy men, like muscly men? I feel as though I've seen that before. I don't know. I don't pay attention too much to the, um, you know, stereotypes. Uh, of I don't see colors. Uh, you know, I don't know, man. It, <laughs> it seems to me like we're all people, and uh, the way that you're judging me specifically is getting in the way of that, and the opposite is not true. Yeah, see, Charlie would hate you. <laughs> Look at all those words you're talking talking with. Let like your muscles do the talking. Because I don't have abs. <laughs> they, uh, they, um, <laughs> it's like those, uh, did you ever watch Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood? No, I never got into that. There's this one character, um, Armstrong, who whenever he wants to make a point or express his, uh, confidence or loyalty towards something, he just flexes a lot and then tells everyone that you can trust him by how hard he's flexing. And that that's sort he's of the, the guy uh, with the mustache. He's the guy with the mustache and the sparkles around his hair. That's right. And there's this one awesome part where he meets someone just as muscly as him, and to endear himself to him, uh, all they do is do, like do a flex off. They do push ups at each other. No, they just like flex in amazing ways. And the guy he's trying <laughs> to impress just like stares at him for a while, and the guy just continues flexing. And then the other guy he, like flexes just as hard, and his shirt rips off. And they just nice. do that for a while while all the main characters are, like, watching bewildered like they're at a zoo. Maybe I should watch this show. It, like, I'll, I'll send you the link of all the time that Major Armstrong does this, because it's really <laughs> special. There, there's Gosh. just something about muscly men that just makes you want to pay attention. Like, you gotta watch. You can't look away. No, like, the muscles demand your respect. <laughs> yeah. Like, because of course they do. They're a physical... They, they're a visual barometer of how much you should be paying attention. <laughs> because It's like the size of a person's gun. Like, the bigger the gun, the more you better be watching. Yeah. Dick joke. Oh, yeah. Um, Didn't catch that. <laughs> anyway. So, I, I really liked all the character models in, in Viker Mice from Mars to, to round that out. Yeah, you know, uh, this show, I was surprised by how, uh, you know, how easy it went down. It, it's not just that it went down easy. It's fucking good. Mm-hmm. It's it's an example. So I got a reboot. It's an example of the creators understanding what they wanted to do, and not not uh not succumbing to the pressures of you know needing a moral at the end of the show or tying into current is- issues. Nope, mm-hmm. it's just biker mice from Mars. Just let's make a good show and merchandise the hell out of it. Yeah, and it worked. Mm-hmm. I, think I, I would have to say I'm a pretty big fan of the show now. Um, I'm digging it. We're we're probably we're probably heading toward the end of this, but I'd like to yeah. uh, I'd like to mention um, 
a comment that we that we have. Ooh, commentos. Yeah, as you know, this show was recommended to me by my grad school friend Olga. Um, she's a transfer from Russia, and she, one of her one of her favorite cartoons growing up was Biker Mice from Mars. So she wait. It... Is, are they, did they? Because I remember reading that the characters have different names in different languages, and each of them has the name Turbo, but in a different language. Maybe I hope so. Yeah. Um. But what did she say? Okay, so, uh, she she has a long comment because she's a big fan. Um, Go ahead. First of all, she says that the music is absolutely amazing, and that Jeff Scott Soto apparently has a CD with songs from the OST, and the music is really very good, um, which is very true. There's, there's Sweet. Like, they do a... Uh, uh, it's not bad to In the orchestral bone. arrangement. Well, they, they do their own arrangement of... Uh, it wasn't bad to the bone. It's something like that. I don't remember. Born to be wild. That's right. <laughs> nice. Again, again, they know exactly what they're doing. But... Uh, <laughs> What she she she, she writes in, in at Facebook, she writes, So what can I tell you about this cartoon? It's just super cool. You have watched it by yourself, you saw, no big meaning or subject that, or anything smart. It's just brutal and cool. Bikes, rock music, friendship, and all the phrases about freedom and how they beat Plutarchians. I watched it in nineteen ninety five first for the first time and I was six years old and I became a fan. <laughs> Like, so this is a girl in Russia who's six years old, and she's like, yeah, Biker Mice from Mars. Of course it's amazing. She's like, look at all that freedom they have. Yeah. Maybe I, I want, want that freedom. <laughs> I want those hot dogs. <laughs> I want to watch the socks. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and she continues. The problem was they showed it in 1995 and in 1996 re-showed it, and then no channel on Russia TV showed it anymore. Oh, no. So fans like me knew just knew that cartoon is super cool, but did not have a chance to watch it again. In this relation, the cartoon became very precious. Later, they showed it 10 years later in 2007 because of the fans who browsed the internet all over the world to find episodes. So this is like a resurgent a la Adventure Time where everyone just like, this show was good, do it again. (laughs) Um, She continues. It's pretty great. The 2006 version has skinny emo mice. A lot of shitty 3D, and Vincent is such an idiot. I am still <laughs> glad that the producers recalled this cartoon and made a new version. Um, but it, it does clearly sound like she she appreciates the original version. Which if there if the new ones are skinny emo mice, I definitely agree. Like yeah, I, I like how beefy they were. I think if I went back and looked at it, because I watched those episodes first. Uh, but if I went back, I, I'm sure I would see the differences a bit stronger. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh, that that uh, I think I'm pra- I was paraphrasing a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. she, she again mentions that Jeff Scott Soto's songs are amazing. I, I listened nice. to "Ride Free Citizen," which is pretty crazy. <laughs> I just love that phrase. "Ride Free Citizen," rock and ride. Uh, um, nice. Yeah. Th- thank you so much, Olga. Yeah. This is. Yeah. Thanks for that. It's so cool that something like i don't think this would have transferred over to other cultures if it was a different kind of show like if it was a more complex show where you kind of had to have the subtleties of the dialogue bleed through mm-hmm. it, it might not have been so such an overwhelming appeal but you know you like um, some action comments are just universal yeah exactly they're unanimous it's like you, you they're ubiquitous they're a ubiquitous drink like they're Coca Cola, they're Coca Cola of our generation. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that has been our treatment of uh, the show, The Attack of the Radioactive Hamsters from a Planet Near Mars. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to say something about uh, about Weird Al. <laughs> <laughs> it's just weird that that, like, that whole phrase construction is fairly similar to Biker Mice from Mars. It's a little bit strange. Like, that's the knockoff brand show. <laughs> no, but like, I, I, definitely, I definitely can see... Uh... I think it's very interesting that Olga was very uh, interested in this show. Um, mm-hmm. Just, I don't know. Like, the show is viciously American, but that's not the part that's interesting. The part that's interesting is, like, you know, you can only count on three things. Your brains, your bros, and your bikes. That's right. Um, and she's, like, a huge metalhead as well. Oh, great. So, like, this just... This might have been the start of darkness for her. Like, well, <laughs> if... If America is this cool, maybe maybe their music is also cool. Nice. Yeah. Thank, thanks so much, Olga. Olga. Uh, yeah. Thanks very much. I'm so happy that you made us watch the show because I haven't really watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, no. I definitely re- I recall disliking the aesthetic. The biker mice just look very very good, and I would say it's kind of precious to me now. And they they definitely are super cool. And if you have a show that changed your life for the better, uh, send us a hot dog. Um, and a bucket of spit. And a bucket of spit. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Uh, can, can, I just wanted to say one more thing that she wrote. Yep. Uh, which is that she was such a big fan of this show, and I'm quoting here, I just recalled that the first story I wrote was about biker mice from Mars when I was about seven years old. Did she write the fan fiction? Maybe she wrote the fan fiction. <laughs> oh, I, I hope beyond hope that she wrote the fan fiction. But no, <laughs> she knew what was cool about this show, and it's not, you know, the romantic subplot between the biker mice and April O'Neil. Um, and that the first board game she made was also about biker mice. This is so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. This is so cool that, like, you were such a big fan of this show at six years old that you started writing your own stuff for it. Nice. Yeah, so send your fan fiction to Ben Relaford at <laughs> No, don't send it to me. I don't want to read it. But He uh, loves it. He's totally bronying right now. Okay, so when you did say something about Weird Al, um you might not know this, but Weird Al has a guest appearance on My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. No. Yeah. That's that's awesome. His name his name in the show is Cheese Sandwich. <laughs> And he's a pony who's, like, a party pony. He's good at throwing parties, and he, like, you know, wields his ukulele. He's got, like, this sombrero, and he's got, like, these two... He's got, like, this flip-side personality where half the time he's, like, this really... He's this really stoic, they call me Cheese Sandwich. And then he goes into his regular Weird Al at a, at a, at a, at a live show mentality where he's just as crazy as can be. I have to watch that and amuse about how much of that was under his creative control. It must have been all of it. He calls himself Cheese Sandwich. <laughs> cheese Sandwich. They call me the Dragon cheese, of Metal. Cheese Sandwich. Um, yeah. Nice. Um, so, next episode. Sorry, I'm, I'm moving us along. I understand. Uh, uh, next episode, we're going to be watching something that's it's not good. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, well, let's not... Let's not count our i don't know litter of mice discs. before they buy their first chopper let's not count our discs before we release oh them. my god i forgot i for a moment i forgot what we then you have to unlock your disc unlock your disc <laughs> um we're gonna be watching monster rancher which 
I was I had a crisis a, a, a crisis, a crisis of, faith? of conscience. <laughs> yeah, kind of because I watched an episode and I'm like, let me just see how this is. And it's like, oh I, dear lord, I don't know no. if I can get through this. Honestly, oh Blake hell no. Mars was a good segue because it's just so innocent in what it's doing. And Monster Rancher is one of like the first Mons shows that doesn't try to texture its formula at all. Mm-hmm. It's just like we wanna we wanna have this young male in Japan. He hates school, but he loves monsters, and he's gonna train some of them. And that's and we're gonna all talk we about have. that. We're gonna talk about that. We are at length. <laughs> I am I, so excited to do Monster Rancher. Uh, if only for the to... theme song. <laughs> monsters rule. <laughs> Unlock your disc. <laughs> That's such a great, like, I hope you know, like, when we do that, I'm going to insert and unlock your disc, like, chunk. Yeah. Every, like, five minutes or so. (laughs) If you need to, man. The gels are the master. Watch out. Um, (laughs) What are we watching after that? After that, okay, so it's, it's, it's chapter 49 of the Carton cast, right? And Zane and I wanted to do another scrambled segment. Now... Generally, we do mostly Western animation, and then every so often do an anime, and once in a blue moon, which I, by which I mean 10 episodes, we do a movie. Um, and then once we did Cousin Skeeter. Once we did Cousin Skeeter. <laughs> and again, we're going to do something a la Cousin Skeeter. Uh, not not quite exactly the same thing, but it's not our regular formula. We're going to look at a web animation, which got notable popularity. Uh, we're going to take a look at Red vs. Blue. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that should be insightful. I remember watching. Yeah, how did you just spell insightful? Uh, don't worry about it. The, uh, <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to it um, simply because I remember disliking it to some degree. But it's it's certainly something we haven't dealt before. Is a show without money behind it. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it because it's made by the same people who did um, Ruby, which I've watched recently and is pretty good. Interesting. Did you watch that accent sequence I told you to? Uh, no, I didn't, but... It's like a five-minute food fight with, uh, superpowers? Zane, as long as we're getting our action sequence boners out of the way, I, I should mention to you this one anime that I recently got turned on to, uh, which mm-hmm. is called One Punch Man. One Punch Man! <laughs> which, which somebody who, like, like I, I like boxing, and one of my friends is like, hey, man, you should check this out, you'd love this. And I watched the anime, and it's about a man who is so strong that he kills everything he fights with one punch. <laughs> and it's like this sweet inversion of the the regular shonen formula where you start with a guy who just wants to get stronger so bad and he has to fight his way to the top. This is like three years after that happened, and every threat to the every threat to the earth is is eventually met by this guy, and he just kills them in one punch and becomes incredibly bored because just there's oh, there's nowhere to go but there's nowhere to go but down like. And he's just, like, the laziest motherfucker, and he looks so goddamn stupid. Wow. It's it's really special. You should watch that the first episode. Amazing. It's, Can it's... we watch that instead of Monster Rancher? No. No. <laughs> Monster Ran- Monsters rule. Monsters rule. <laughs> um, yeah. And if you would like to rule as much as the biker mice, uh, mm-hmm. you know... Oh, you're just right like, on, you're just like waiting for me to do the spiel. Yeah, if you want to comment on either Monster Rancher or Red versus Blue, um, or give us comments about micro- biker mice because frankly they need to be heard, then uh, go check out our Facebook page or our website www.cartoncast.com. 
mm-hmm. um, and leave a comment pretty much wherever we will get it. And uh, if you have anything else to say about the show, like uh, like uh, if you want to suggest a show, we would love to hear it. Um, more importantly, tell your friends about the show if you happen to like our content. Um, and yeah, thanks thanks so much for listening. And and please check out Biker Mice from Mars because mm-hmm. it's it's really special. Um, yeah. Uh, ride free, citizen. Yeah, let's rock and ride. That's not the right. That's not the right guitar solo. <laughs> They're all the right guitar solos, Zane. <laughs> They're kind of interchangeable. Yep.